Hello everyone, Alan Wade here. Cindy Preston. And welcome to the next episode of Awakening the Magic Within on Magnetic FM Radio. And today... We have a really, really special and important guest. Yes. Words hard to describe. This, this, this young man is an amazing, amazing friend of ours. He's... You know what? I'm just going to introduce him as a, he's a publisher, an international best-selling author, a podcaster, a great podcaster. We've been on his podcast many times. He's a master practitioner of NLP, certified in hypnotherapy, MER, mental emotional release. And I am honored, proud to call him my friend. He collaborated on our last book together. And overall, he's an amazing, amazing person. And I want to welcome Thomas Wern to our Awakening the Magic Within. Yes. Welcome. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much, Alan Cindy. It's such a pleasure to be here. And, and I'm just so excited to have this time with you today. Yes, we're always excited when we get to hang out with Thomas talk and uh, we've uh, we've done some work together he's he actually connected with us and gave us the privilege of working with him and it's been an absolute privilege working with uh, some of his clients and he's done Huna which makes me jealous and so yeah there's a lot of things about Thomas we could talk all day but of course we only have a short period of time. Yes, and Thomas, uh, you've done amazing things. You're, you're young and you just blow my mind because you are so evolved and uh, um, like amazing. For a person your age, you're just so wise and knowledgeable. And I'm just so blown away by the skills you have and how amazing you are. So I'm just so grateful and honored that you're our friend and that you're here to share with us today. And I know we have done some collaboration with people that you've worked with before you had your um, master practitioner with the firefighters who were struggling with some trauma and issues in their job that we helped with, which amazing, amazing results. And now you're on your own. So can you tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, thank you again. Thank you so much. And, and, you know, I really appreciate everything you've just said about me. It really warms my heart and, and it's due to so many mentors like yourselves and leaders I've been around and so many people in my life that have taught me things. And, and, you know, for me, I, I guess it goes back to um, being a wildland firefighter for uh, almost 15 years and uh, finding myself my own trauma and my own anxiety and, and really going through some hard times a couple of years ago and getting through my healing crisis is what I call it. One of the main things that really turned a corner for me was acupuncture. And then what really, I mean, changed everything was the mental emotional release. I mean, it literally changed my life uh, almost overnight. Actually, yeah, it did change my life overnight. And without the breakthrough session, there's just there's just no way I would be here today. So uh, doing the things that I'm doing. And so, you know, this is, this is why I'm here is the mental emotional release for first responders, you know, and I do work mostly with wildland firefighters, but the city folks, the EMS, the paramedics, the nurses, everybody that's kind of on the front line, crazy world we're in right now is it's, it's so important that we support them and their mental health 
in, in their health in general, because there's so much going on in the world, right? Yeah, we agree totally with uh, Thomas about supporting first responders, all first responders and what they do and how they put themselves out of there is really, the words are hard to find to, to be thankful for them. Absolutely. And can you Tom, tell us a little bit about your experience in that field, Thomas, and how it affected you and how, you know, how it brought you to where you are today? Yeah. So basically, you know, wildland firefighting is completely different than what most people think. It's we're flying in helicopters. We're in the wilderness. We are hiking 10 to 20 miles a day. We're lighting the forest on fire. We're cutting trees. Like it's a total wilderness wild man's kind of job. Uh, and of course there's some amazing women uh, beside us, but the, the big thing is that we're not really seen as much as, you know, the ladder trucks, the folks in the city, the EMS, the ambulances, people don't really understand what we're doing. All they see is smoke on the horizon and they think, well, the forest service is going to take care of it or the park service or whatever, but um, there's a big struggle going on. And so there's not a lot of programs. There's not a lot of support. There's not really uh, a lot of support for mental health or physical health in the wildland fire community. And that's why I focus so much there. And, and, you know, for my own experiences, it was just, you know, we don't see the dead bodies or the really hardcore things like the city fire folks, but we have these little traumas of being away from our family for two weeks at a time for six months, uh, you know, being close calls with trees or helicopter crashes, or, you know, having to haul somebody off the fire line for dehydration. And it's like all these little traumas kept really adding up until soon it's like a boulder, and there's like, you're so weighed down. And what I've found in my practice so far is that this job, this weight of all these little traumas just keep adding to our childhood traumas, to things in our past where the first responders are really adding so much more weight to what we all are going through, those childhood traumas that are so big for us that keep, I guess, our programming running in the background, right? Is the best way I can explain it of, of when we keep adding weight to that through our job in a daily stressful environment, it just creates, it, it breeds this perfect environment for PTSD and anxiety and depression. And, and, you know, in my field, the wildland, the suicide rate is actually very, very high. It's, it's as high as the military. And uh, it's, it's a huge problem for us. It's the number one way wildland firefighters die is suicide. And so this is my mission. This is my mission to really help, the wildland fire community and first responders. That's so amazing. And the, the amazing part too, is that you've been there so you can relate to them when you're working with them. You understand everything they're going through, which is just so awesome, Thomas. And mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that you're there for these people because the, you know, there's so many people out there that are experiencing this stuff and they know, don't know where to turn. Yeah, it's so true. You know, I think I've, I've had so many clients talk about, you know, there's a employee kind of mental health support that's, that's, it's not very good. The employee assistance program, you know, they get assigned a counselor that has nothing, no training in trauma, or maybe they have no idea what firefighters go through. And so what I hear so often is that uh, it's so amazing to have somebody in the field that has been a wildland firefighter for 15 years. And so you know, the language is totally different. We have our own language. We have our own way of um, thinking about things. We're so 
programmed by the job. There's just so many things to it that being part of the part of the service for so long was so it, it's so powerful for my clients. I totally agree. Yeah. And you know what? They're, they're lucky they, to have you because, you know, I like I said before, we've uh, we've had many talks and you've had experiences and these traumas that you've been through when you're out in the field, they're not small. They're, they're not small at all. And you know what? The, think about this. You're, you're in the middle of the bush, 10 miles away. You're fighting a fire. You're helping your, your, your partner right beside you. He's dehydrated and you're still, you're still out there and you're doing all of this. This, this is amazing, amazing work that you did when you were in the field. And now it's amazing, even more amazing that you're helping these, these amazing people because not everyone could do this job. Yeah, really what's, what's so different, I think, than the city fires that we are professional athletes. In other words, we're working out three to four hours a day when we're on shift. If we're not out on fires, we're working out and there's like this professional athlete mentality to it, which is so much pressure that's just a whole nother aspect of um, having to be perfect all the time and have to be in line and every, like, there's just, there's so many aspects to the wildland fire community that is so hard. And I think you're right. Not everybody can do this job because it is basically you're, you're going into a marathon state endurance, like metabolic pathway every day for two weeks straight. And it's, it honestly, what I always tell my clients is like, you are literally pushing the envelope of science as far as like physiology and nutrition and performance. Like actually the military is trying to study the wildland firefighters because we are so amazing at what we do. You know, we, we have 50 pounds of gear, we have chainsaws, we have all these things where we're climbing up mountains for 20 miles a day, right? It's, it boggles the mind what we're doing. And there is a cost to it. Like the, the physical, the mental, emotional stress is, is huge uh, with that on top of, you know, to me, I guess it's just for me specifically, but I think it's across the board is being away from your family for two weeks at a time, two days off, two weeks, two days off for six months is it's, it's really taxes the whole mind, body, spirit. It's, it's really hard on people. Yeah. So you go to work for two weeks and then you get two days off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Once it's fire season, it's on and it's, um, you know, you're working 16 hours a day. So it's about, you know, the average work week is about 112 hours for two weeks straight. And then uh, two days off to pack your bags and go right back at it. And, and this is where some of the, what I'm talking about, the support system, you know, the city folks are kind of on a three days on four days off. Um, you know, it's just so different. And, and uh, the level of taxing the mind and body is just, it's totally, it's way higher than most other first responders in my mind. Yeah. And when you, when you're out in the field, you're staying at camps, you're not back at your own home. So add that to the stress and to, to being in a, in an environment that you could be there for two weeks and then moved on to somewhere else. Yeah. It's, a, it's an amazing endurance for sure. You would need for this job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, these people are real heroes. Like, and we've seen the things going on in California and these mega fires on the West coast and Oregon and Washington a couple of years ago. It's, it's not like we're in the bush anymore. It's kind of changed the last five years where 
now we're in your backyard and we're burning off like the hillside behind your yard to try and like, you know, save a whole subdivision. And this just is a whole nother ordeal because the urban interface is what we call it. Once we get in the neighborhood, the hazards quadruple, the emotions go even higher. And now we have, you know, homeowners that are yelling in our face or pulling guns on us. And it's just like this whole nother environment of, of stress that's, um, you know, due to the new fire environment, it's just quadrupled. So it's really the intensity and we're seeing it. There's, there's gigantic retention rate issues and the mental health crisis is at a boiling point right now. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, I was trying to remember, I thought he said to me last year that he had to go to the big, big fires in California that, uh, that time. And that must've been traumatic in itself to like you say you're in someone's backyard now you're not 20 miles in the bush anymore yeah absolutely and the the california stuff is just a whole nother animal because it's the just the fuels the the terrain the like the the weather everything there on top of the urban interface is so intense and uh, California is just a whole nother level of, of uh, I don't think there's anywhere in the world that even comes close to how intense the fire burns, how intense the interface is with people. Um, you know, you're kind of like right off the freeway or right off a subdivision or on streets. It's just very intense. And, and of course, we've seen things like the campfire where these whole cities are burnt down to the ground and people are don't make it out. And this is you know, we try our best, but we can't save everybody. We can't save every house. And that, that's another toll on us as well. Of course, of course, because you're out there to do your best. And when you, and, and it's kind of like in the, the addictions field, when we're trying to help somebody, we've come to realize that uh, before we started NLP and MER that we can't help everyone and it takes a toll on us. So imagine being at the scene and not being able to help somebody save somebody's house. And yeah, that must be terribly, terribly hard on you guys. Yeah. That's the hardest part is seeing those structures burn. And it is just, you know, we have to kind of disassociate a little bit and say, you know, it's just another piece of fuel, but at the same time, there's, there's that human cost. We know, we know how hard it is on the family, on the kids, on, you know, when you lose everything in a, in a household or in a house fire from a wildland fire, it's, it's devastating. I mean, losing everything. I've never gone through that personally. I've just seen it. And the look on people's faces is absolute despair and hopelessness. And it's really hard. How do you comfort somebody like that? And, and, you know, I think this is, this is where, you know, shifting a little bit to what I'm doing now is, is supporting these wildland firefighters. It is so, it's so fulfilling for me to see them go from that hopeless despair look in their face on winter hat as well to smiling and laughing again and like joy and happiness. Like this is possible. We don't have to be stuck in all these little traumas and, and the mental emotional release work. Oh my gosh. It is, it is absolutely life-changing every single time, every single time I've used it, it's life-changing for that person. Yes. You know what, uh, just for the, the listeners, tell us more about that uh, mental emotional release technique you use. We've talked about it many times, but give us your perspective of it and yeah, share with uh, the listeners. Yeah, so basically we work with the unconscious mind, which is you know a little bit deeper. To me, I like to think of it as the body. So we're, we're really working with the nervous system and the body and all of these kind of hidden patterns or hidden things that we believe 
And what we do is we work with this timeline and the unconscious mind kind of creates this timeline, every memory, everything that's ever happens kind of time stamped in this line. And what we do is we take your mind from now and we go back to the very first time that you experienced anger or sadness or fear or trauma, whatever it is we're working on. And just by changing the time perspective, there's actually a release. Like we're releasing the emotion, the energy behind that event. And as well, there's a lesson. There's a lesson that comes in to the person that allows them to heal. And something I do with my clients a lot, especially when there's trauma, gathering pieces um, energetically, especially in specific trauma events, we'll gather pieces. So now they're more whole in an energetic sense. And we bring that release all the way back to now. And, and what's amazing is, is like the anger is, is completely gone, sadness, fear, all these things. And, and I think the biggest thing that I can say is that there's this, it's not only mental, emotional that that's happening with this person. There's a lot of energy work that's going on as well, but the organs start shifting, the bones start shifting, like the whole body changes with this technique because we're working with the unconscious mind and it, it's so profound on so many levels, you know, we should do a whole podcast on it because it's, it's, um, it's beyond, uh, it's a beyond the time we have allowed to, to really go deep into what it is. Um, but I can say it, it really is the mind, body, spirit technique of, of, um, that I've ever found. And, and I've studied a lot of different techniques and the MER is by far the most effective. Absolutely. Yes. I agree. And I, I know working with people, the, the physiology change from doing MER is just priceless. Like it's just an honor to watch the change in the people from, as you said, they start, they're usually very sad or, you know, hopeless. And at the end they're laughing, they feel such a relief. And I know with us, uh, we've actually had people actually at the end kind of almost feel like they're shaking because it's like they've released so much negative emotions from their body. And it's like, they're almost gone to a different level of vibration. Um, and then we have to help ground them because of that. So um, can you tell us a little bit about your books? I know you've written some books and you just recently wrote one called six minutes for excellence. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that, Thomas, and how that is working? Yeah. So, so basically, you know, with my wildland firefighters, a lot of times we'll release, you know, uh, most often what we'll do is we'll release all the anger, sadness, fear, and all the negative emotions, limiting beliefs. We'll do all this release work, we'll do the breakthrough session. And, and now we're on a totally different trajectory. And a lot of times we start working on peak performance. So now we're talking about our PT, like our, our physical training, our nutrition, um, how are we doing breath work? What do you like, what's your energy routine for the day? Like, how are you being a professional athlete and being resilient in a stressful environment? And so with this book, Six Months for Excellence, what I did is I really took basically our master prac manual. And I condensed it into the most important and easy techniques to integrate into the wildland fire environment. So there's anchoring, you know, we can talk about that more. Um, anchoring, there's, um, you know, how to use strategies when you're getting trained by somebody, um, you know, and they're um, really like languaging patterns and communication. Um, there's so basically, you know, I worked with the empowerment partnership to really use some of their material and synthesize it and then relanguage it for wildland firefighters. And so um, in there, there's this 
technique that I built for myself when I was in the service of, of um, six minutes for excellence. And basically it's, it's it involves a breathing technique. It involves um, an anchor and then it involves uh, visualizing exactly how the task is going. And so the idea is like for people repelling out of helicopters, jumping out of planes, cutting trees, these really super intense tasks that they have to do. We're breathing, we're gonna hit an anchor and now we're gonna visualize exactly how it's gonna go perfectly in their mind and then they're gonna take action. And this is a game changer for peak performance in, in a stressful environment. And it, it's, so the book is basically, yeah, it's six minutes for excellence. And, and um, you know, in the Wildland Fire Service, we have something called six minutes for safety. And that really focuses on like accidents, on how things shouldn't go. And my idea was like, you know what, that's so much move away from energy. We're, we're basically priming the wildland firefighters to be in fear when they get into the field. And I thought, let's change that and let's add some move toward energy and get the firefighters to be in a state of like, what's, what do I want to happen today? Right? Because we don't want to be crushed by a tree, but what do we want to be like, what do we want to happen? And, and, and I think this is, this is huge. This is, it's a mindset shift in a culture that's very rigid. So it's a process, but I think these techniques are really important, really important, not just for wildland fire, but even like first responders, the military, this stuff is huge. Wow. Yeah. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah. That, um, that, as you said, that anyone could use those tools. I, I'm really, I want to get that book and I'm going to read it and share oh, thank you. it. Yeah. Uh, we're getting low on time, Thomas. And I think we should do another with, one with you at some point after the new year, because you're just a wealth of information. So um, we were wondering like, um, how can people get a hold of you? Yeah. So the, the easiest way is mountainmindtricks.com. So that's mountainmindtricks.com, uh, mountainmindtricks on Instagram as well. And the podcast is uh, Conscious Fire Culture. Those are the big three ways to, to get a hold of me. Nice, nice. And Thomas, you're on Facebook. I see your stuff on Facebook all the time. It's uh, amazing uh, information. The, the fact that you, you connected with the Empowerment Partnership to, to use their stuff is that that was uh, the best go towards goal instead of going away from yeah that was an amazing idea you mm -hmm. had there and uh i'm gonna be borrowing it i'm gonna <laughs> have to <laughs> oh that's so awesome yeah and you know for other folks that maybe they're not first responders are listening to this there's a lot of ways to get involved and i think the big thing is is the grassroots uh grassroots wildland firefighters organization they're a political organization that have been getting huge wins for us in, in the Congress in the United States, as well as uh, the wildlandwellnessfoundation.com. Um, what we're doing is we're building a retreat center for wildland firefighters and um, they're always looking for donations. Um, you know, I'm a board of directors with that foundation and, and we need help, you know, standing up the retreat center and all sorts of things. So donations to either one of those is always huge and it means so much to our community. Nice. So listeners, I want you to connect with Thomas. He's, he's got an amazing, amazing organization. He's an amazing man. He gives from his heart. He does amazing work. I know he was on the line for 15 years and now he's helping these, these amazing, strong people. And I have to thank you for coming on our show. It's been an honor to have you on here. 
Absolutely. It's been an honor to be your friend, Thomas, yeah. and share with you. You're an extraordinary man. Extraordinary. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Alan Wade. Cindy Preston. And you're listening to Magnetic FM Radio. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>